Hello, everyone. Welcome to Perfect Timing Podcast. I am your host, Sydney Chalonone. And today, I am so, oh my God, I, I am so excited to have this guest on. She is like my second mom, my auntie, my everything. I want to introduce you all to Miss Nicola Mitchell. Welcome to the show. Peace, Queen. How are you? Hi, my baby. I am doing well. How about yourself? I am amazing. I have no complaints. It's Friday. Amen. My work wasn't that bad. I get to talk to you. Like, look at that. Yes. <laughs> um, so I want to give you guys like a little rundown of who Miss Nicola is and what she does and why I'm just so excited to have her on my podcast. So she is an award-winning entrepreneur, the executive producer of Lifetime Movie Network. She is the founder of Girls Who Brunch Tour, which is a nonprofit organization that was designed to cultivate, inspire, and empower girls worldwide from ages between nine and 17. She does this by focusing on low-income communities who are affected by sex trade or teen pregnancies and more. Maybe they're in foster home or they, you know, have kind of have a tough time growing up and she really wants to foster and, you know, take care of them in the best positive way. Uh, she does this by influencing these girls through mentorship, um, workshops, and inspirational panelists. And she does so beautifully. If you guys remember uh, about a year ago, actually, oh my gosh, it was, oh, I think it was almost a year ago. Wow. <laughs> when I was with a girls who brunch tour in Baltimore and I got to speak uh, to a group of girls, I think they were ages 12 uh, to 14 and just talking about self-esteem and knowing that their purpose is greater than their fear. And that was one of my first uh, workshops uh, that I was able to do, like being a workshop facilitator, facilitator for a girls who brunch tour. And it was just an eye-opening experience for me. There were tears shed. There were very beautiful moments made. And it was the first time that I got to meet Miss Nicola in person. And it was just a wonderful experience. And like, I'm so excited that you are on today and just talking about your story and why Girls Who Brunch Tour came to be. Well, I am honored that you asked me to be here. Of course I would be here. I'm just happy I wasn't busy and I could <laughs> do it. So yeah, it's a year ago. Yeah, this month, a year ago, March, we did um, Baltimore. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's let's take a step back. Let's mm-hmm. do a rundown of Miss Nicola Mitchell. Like, how did you grow up, and how did you end up found, uh, founding uh, Girls Who Brunch Tour, and how it came to be, and why you think it's important today? So let's break that down. How did I, how was it growing up? Yes. So I'm originally from Jamaica. Right. And I grew, I moved to Vegas when I was fairly young and it was totally different coming from a Caribbean island, moving to Las Vegas. um, It was a culture shock for me. So I was super quiet. I was like a nerd. Um, I was in every lit class that you could think of. I wrote so many um, stories and plays and um, I just like threw myself into school um, because girls didn't really like me you know, cause I was different. Right. Right. And so when I was, um, 14, I was at church. I was in the choir. I was, I was in the choir and I walked in on, um, my choir director trying to abuse another girl. Hmm. And I stopped it because I knew the story of that girl. Like she was in, uh, foster care. She right. was just where she was at. So I stopped it and I'm thinking, you know, I'm protecting her. He turned on me. Mm. And so um, he started molesting me at first. And then he 
it eventually turned into a rape when I was still 14. I don't know how long it took, but I was 14. And um, during that time, I thought something was wrong with me because after that, it just happened, not from him, but just, it was like predators knew, like they can sense that something is wrong with her. Like she's a target. And I realized that till being an an adult going through therapy and learning, like so many women have my same story. I figured it out late though. So I was raped four times by the time I was 15. I had my first daughter five days after my 15th birthday. Um, She's 29 now. um, She was my wife, right? And when I had her, I was just so convinced and determined that she's not going to experience what I experienced. Mm -hmm. And um, I met this guy. He was a part of this program called Upward Bound. I think every city has Upward Bound at their universities. And he... uh, just made sure he seen something in me that I didn't at that time. And he made sure that I participated. He made sure that I was all these different things. Um, he said, I spoke well. So he started having me doing oratory things. Who would have known like that would fast forward into my right. life. Right. And he just pushed me because I had this baby. Mm-hmm. Right. And so because of that, um, fast forward, I'm a writer at this point. I think I had like maybe 15 books, 14, 15 books. And I met this group of girls in Charleston, South Carolina at a book signing. And these girls didn't know like a lot of things that were going on in the world. Right. right. And I said, okay, I'm going to come back. I've always spoke to women. Uh-huh. I rarely went to like my childhood abuse. I would talk about things that happened to me on the way as an adult. And um, that's where Girls Who Brunch came from. I just knew that I wanted to do something for those girls. So I went back to Charleston a couple of weeks later and I met everybody to make it happen. It was supposed to be a two city tour, two, three city tour added to my regular book tour. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of taken over my life. So like, that's like the blueprint of how I got from a child to Girls Who Brunch. Wow. That is absolutely inspirational. And, you know, just hearing you know, your story again about you just growing up and the things that you had to go to go through. And it's like, it's unfortunate because there are girls my age who experience these things and they don't have any resources on how to move forward. And like, like you said, they probably feel like, what is wrong with me? Why did that just happen? And, you know, why does it continue to happen? And, you know, today more than ever, I'm just hearing more and more stories of my friends and friends of their friends, you know, getting sexually assaulted or harmed in some kind of way. And it's like, why is this happening so often? And it's not like, you know, they're not being safe. It's not that they're making bad decisions. It's just, there's just bad people out there. And the people that you thought you could trust end up not being people that you can't trust. So, you know, again, I'm really inspired by the way you decided to start girls who brunch tour and you know something that i always loved about the name is just like it sounds so preppy it sounds like we're all there's a bunch of girls coming together and you know literally having brunch and just talking so where did the inspiration of the name come from because like there was no math behind this right everybody think i i had like a committee they helped me know 
at the time, like I said, I went to Charleston, went back on a Saturday and I met all these people and they just gave me like a venue, gave me all this stuff. And I didn't even know what I was doing. Right. So I'm freestyling. I'm like my book signings. I start giving the itinerary of my book launches. I have, right. I have a panel discussion. So for girls, what else can we add? Workshops. OK, right. and so at the time, everybody so everybody was brunching. There were black girls brunching, ladies who brunched everybody was brunching. So I was like, okay, what can be cute? Cause I'm a writer and blogger in my real life. Right. Right. What can be cute for people to catch on to. And then I just added tour to it because again, it was supposed to be a three city tour. And by the time we had the first one with my marketing, uh, um, experience in the background. Uh-huh. Yeah. We had nine cities uh, confirmed. Wow. And, you know, I was going to ask you, like, how did you, how were you able to span Girls Who Brunch tour across the U.S.? You know, you've been to Atlanta, uh, Charleston, South Carolina, you've been Baltimore, Vegas, everywhere. I think recently you were just in Pennsylvania, right? We're in Philly, yes. Um, yeah. we do, we're in St. Lucia, mm-hmm. Lagos, Africa, wow. Toronto, Canada in June. We've just expanded by... Um, People wanted to see it. Like I, I was purchasing pictures of girls having fun and writing cute captions right. and how um, before we had the first event. And so then we had the first event. I have photographers there, people there taking pictures. We had girls taking testimonials. And then we started posting those things online. Um, so, but I'm telling you, by the time we had the first city done confirmed, we had Baltimore next. We had um, Baltimore was my second city. Indianapolis was my third city. We just, we had a whole lineup mm-hmm. by the time I created the first one. And honestly, like how I want to know the curation of putting these events together. Cause you know, I know that it's very critical in who you're allowing to speak in front of these girls. And again, thank you so much for allowing me to be one of them. Uh, when I was a workshop facilitator last year and then being able to talk about my experience uh I think it was the month after when we happened to be in Atlanta at the same time Mm -hmm. and I just got to stop by and talk to the girls for a moment about my experience with them the month before um so what goes into you recruiting the mentors and the speakers who come to these events in your several locations so there's not really a math on how I recruit the mentors I just um because the women they sign up. Um, so let's let's rewind too. So the girls that attend this event are not all girls from disadvantaged circumstances. So right. I sponsor girls from rescue from the sex trade, girls in group homes, girls in foster care, and then I put them with girls like you, girls that I have a, a normal circumstance. Nobody knows their background. Right. I'm subliminally teaching them how what sisterhood is supposed to look like so right. now you're in this building anybody in this building is your girls who brunch to her sister right. so now that so that stigma like when when women get older especially black women they're they're judging by what your your income bracket is if they're yeah. low income well, right now we're all on the same playing field mm-hmm. when you're so that's one of the criteria of the women who come in you have to not number one be honest on how you 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 survived and, and got to where you are but at the same time I need you to to not judge these girls because some of these girls one of the, my in Vegas I did it 
think in 2017, one girl was just rescued from the sex trade three days before. Wow. So the only clothes that she had on was what she would work in. Right. You know, so we that's my only criteria. And for you to be an expert of what you teach, I'm not going to say, Sydney, you're going to have to speak about X, Y, Z. No, I want you to speak about what you are comfortable in and an expert in. Right. And that's my basic criteria. But right now we have over 5,000 women in the database. Wow. Incredible. And, you know, it. It's a very, it's very much like a wake up call. And, you know, I am, I pray about this every day, you know, being fortunately blessed to have the lifestyle that I have, you know, I've growing up, I never felt like I was in danger of anything. You know, I was always put in positive rooms because of my parents and Mm -hmm. that, you know, the teaching me lessons, you know, like do not look down on someone who may have grown up differently than you are like, you know, do not judge someone who doesn't have the same circumstances as you do because I got my first phone in sixth grade. A lot of people can't say that I got an iPhone at that. And so it's like, I understood from like a young age that there was people my age that weren't receiving what I was. And mm. so it was kind of like a wake up call and how I would be grown to be more humble and more appreciative of the things that I have. And, you know, when I go to these events, and as I'm, I'm mature now, it's like, I don't even have to think about that because it's just on the back burner. Like to me, like these girls are like my new little sisters. And mm-hmm. like, even when we were talking on the phone the other day, uh, when we just were at the uh, Girls Who Rule the World retreat, you guys mm-hmm. remember being there for my uh, letter initiative and talking about um, uplifting and empowering the girls and how I started my business at Perfect Timing as a Black entrepreneur. And the day before, you know, I looked like just like every other girl in there. You know, they saw me sitting at the speaker table, but I don't think it really registered yet because I know they had to move them on there because they were running out of space. And so just the girls that happened to be sitting down with me, like we all just started talking and becoming closer. And they had really no idea who I was until they asked. Because I wasn't going to sit down and be like, hi, my name is Sydney Chandler Monet. I'm the host of Perfect Time Podcast. Like, I don't do that. I really don't, unless it, I'm asked of it. Um, and it's just like, they wouldn't have known unless I said something. And the next day when I was speaking before them and just telling my story, they're like, why didn't you tell me that you were famous? Firstly, I am not famous. Secondly, um, it was just like, I'm so glad I got that foundation of being like their friend and sister for a day because mm-hmm. so cool, it allowed them to resonate with my story a little bit more. It made me more approachable um, and just having a story to say that they could relate to and something that they can learn from. And so uh, later on when um, it was getting a little bit packed in there and I was actually sitting on your lap and we were taking selfies and you told me uh, afterward how they were like, well, do you know her? <laughs> like, yeah. they're like, oh my God, she's a sister too. Like, yes, ladies, Ms. Nicola has brought me in and I'm stuck forever. <laughs> Yeah, they were like, oh my gosh, you know her. I was like, she's your sister too. They were like, oh my gosh, you know. And, you know, and then the other thing that I try to do, I try to be so personable with them. Like, I don't want them to ever feel like I'm untouchable. I'm reachable. I'm right here. If you want to hug me, hug me. If you want to talk to me, talk to me. If whatever, even if I can't talk in that moment, I'm going to come back to you to talk to me. But I don't ever want. Any girl that comes to Girls Who Brunch to feel like they cannot get that from me because I've been in that situation when people that I looked up to 
you know, kind of shunned me. And you yeah. don't know what that moment, if you giving them that extra moment is going to do for them, right? right? So that's what I try to do all the time. Yeah. And I, I've had uh, similar experiences when I was younger too. And, you know, uh, my mom working a government job and, you know, me and my sister would have to go to this aftercare facility. And it was a fun place. You know, uh, they were teaching us how to dance, how to act, how to sing and stuff like that. But in the meantime, it was more like a lot of downtime and stuff going on. Um, and I was very, I was an emotional kid. Like everything made me upset. My sister antagonized me. Like I was crying without a doubt. So I'm trying to, you know, build my self-esteem and trying to like, you know, not think too much of it anymore. But mm -hmm. it was just like this one instance in particular where like it just hit me and all I wanted was to feel validated in that space and I didn't. And it was like, I never want to go come back here because it's like, people are like, stop crying. It's just like, you don't even know what I'm crying about. You just like kind of brush me off. And then that's how I'm growing into this person who doesn't like to talk about their feelings, who doesn't mm -hmm. like to, you know, express any kind of sadness because I would think that no one else would understand. And so once I finally opened up about that, once I grew older, it's just, it's just like, it's so good to know I'm not the only one. Mm -hmm. And so, but growing up in an environment and it was really it. I could talk to my mom about anything when I was younger and now. And, but when she wasn't around, if there was another adult who I thought I could place my trust in and I just didn't feel that way, mm -hmm. it just made it harder for me. Um, but again, you're opening the door for these girls to not think of you as like an authoritative kind of person. Like you are their second mom, basically. Yeah. Like, when they come in the door, right, we have DJs playing music. I want them to play, you know, the top 40. Now I don't really do the twerking stuff. They're not allowed to twerk. So it was so funny. Like when we were at that event, um, when the party was happening the night before, they were saying, uh, hey, um, she's twerking. And I'm like, well, she didn't belong to me. So, <laughs> you know, but it was hey. looking at like, you don't see that? And I'm like, right that that's engraved in their head right but you let them have fun you let them do what they want to do and you're sublimely then I'm giving them gifts for dancing because they're participating right so now excited and amped, they're getting good gifts right so now more girls are wanting to participate so now when they go to the sessions what did you learn when somebody finished speaking what did, tell me something that that person said Mm -hmm. Because another thing we do as people, I don't care what color we are or what uh, nationality, what uh, gender, we don't listen. We, right. we, we listen to respond instead of responding after listening. So if you're giving them awards for what, what did Sydney say? Tell, right. Give me three things she said. Right. That is going to kick in. And that's something that's a, that's a skill set they're going to have now. We didn't even know that they learned it and how they learned it, right? So right. I always say, I let them have fun, but we're sublimely teaching them at the same time. Absolutely. And I think that's something that is very foundational that a lot of organizations don't have. It's just kind of like, we're going to bring all these girls together. We're going to go have a good time without, you know, teaching them a more, not necessarily modest, but just like a way to carry yourself. And, you know, like, cause like it's black girl culture, culture. Like we know how to have fun and, you know, right. We like to throw it back. We like to throw it back. But it's like, there's a, a time and place. And sometimes it's like, this is the time to do it. And this is time to not. And so you teaching them that, especially from a young age and growing up in the communities that they do, it's like, this is a different perspective for them. And yeah. in a way they might like it better. And so yeah. 
I, I'm so appreciative of you starting that foundation from the ground up. Yeah. Thank you. And like, did I think it was going to get here? No, I, I, I didn't know. I was just like, to say we're almost at 40K girls worldwide, to say that when we do um, virtual sessions, we can have eight to not eight to 10,000 people watching. Like that is crazy to me, right? And I'm like, okay, this is so cute, right? And even when we're doing virtual, especially during COVID, we were doing virtual sessions that were six hours because I was given the same show mm -hmm. virtually. Right. So we have performers and we were editing that in. Like my virtual team is amazing. Okay. And um people stayed on the whole time. I'm like, what? This is kind of like scary almost, right? But it's the thing is like people tend to they they realize they have a calling and they have following and they turn that into bad, right? right. So I gotta stay grounded. I stay prayed up. I'm like, okay, God, just make sure. I'm giving them the right people in front of them. It's not about me. So when we're going into a city, I they may introduce me. Okay, cool. But then I'm gone. You know, right. I'm, I may moderate it to make sure we're on for sake of time, but right. then I'm gone, right? And so that's what I, uh, I but it's about Baltimore women. It's right. about Philly's women. It's about, you know, that. And that's right. what I, want them to get out of it I want them to know that I'm gonna give them the who's who that's gonna love on them when I'm not here right absolutely and again like you're giving the floor to these women you know it's not just you running the show you're highlighting the people who made this happen impossible and so it's really crazy to think about and just like I had no idea that all these people would support me to get me to where I am today. I did not know the Purpose Time podcast would get this far and put me in the rooms that I did. I did not know that I'd be taking pictures with Miss Marjorie Harvey. Like, who would have thought? No one, not at me. Because especially when I was younger, and you already know this about me, but like, I was so timid. Like, I wasn't talking. If there was a question, two-word answer, give me a book and I'll be just fine. Like. I just didn't like to talk because I didn't feel like what I was saying was worth anything. I really didn't. And I would always compare to my compare myself to my older sister. My sister, I always say this, she's too pretty for her own good. My sister's gorgeous. And, you know, growing up, I would always compare myself to her. And it's just like, sometimes I wish I looked like her and mm -hmm. get the validation from her friends that I wasn't getting. And it's not like no one was, everyone was calling me ugly, but it was just like, I feel she was like a social butterfly. She was in these rooms and I was like, one day. Um, but now I'm up and better than ever. So, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. But thank you so, so, so much, Miss Nicola, for joining me thus far. And we'll be right back after this break. Are you ready to join the billion dollar podcasting industry? If so, Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio is ready for you. Whether you're just starting out and have no equipment or you are a seasoned pro but need help with production, Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio has everything you need. Conveniently located in Middletown, Delaware, Blake's state-of-the-art production facilities make producing your first or 100th podcast a breeze. No matter what kind of project you have in mind, the professionals at Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio can help with your production or give you the tools to produce it on your own. At the heart of Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio is award-winning blogger, vlogger, and CEO, Antoinette Blake. And her goal is simple, to help one more entrepreneur be successful. 
So stop making excuses and start making your podcast, audiobook, e-course, and other online dreams come true. Call Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio now. 302-261-3530. That's 302-261-3530. Hey, this is Sydney Chamberlaine, and I'm so excited to share with you my international podcast, Perfect Timing, that will be broadcasting on Mondays at 2 p.m. through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and so much more. We will have outstanding guests that will talk about their passions, goals, and dreams. Make sure you tune in and have a seat at the table where we will create a voice for us every Monday at 2 p.m. This is Sydney Collins of Perfect Timing. Welcome back, everyone. Again, I'm here with Miss Nicola Mitchell, and we're talking about her story, Girls Who Brunch, and how it came to be. Um, and one of the most exciting things that I'm so happy to share with you all is her biography, her movie coming out. She's already an author. She's already an amazing mentor. And now there's a movie coming out for her about her life, and she's being played by Miss Tatiana Ali. So go ahead. I want to know the when this sparked from i'm just so excited to see where this where this is coming from and you know it's being premiered with black girls rock on march 12th so if you guys are interested stay tuned to watch it it should be going on on life on april 9th i believe right i said yeah that. lifetime movies yeah right so talk about the the upbringing the spark i want to know the story so with the movie, it's very, again, the same way Girls Who Brunch House was created was untraditional. The movie was untraditional. I did not pitch it. I did not uh, write a script or anything. Um, they found me from uh, an article, a Reader's Digest article about me. And they called me, they, well, they messaged me on all these social networks. And hello, Ms. Barbara. She didn't have an um, icon, right? Oh, okay. I'm thinking this is is like oh we want to write make a, a movie about your life. I'm like this is not real, right? Right. On it off, but she's hitting me on LinkedIn, Facebook, I'm just everywhere. Right. And um, it's it's taken a year and a half. Um, because that was in 2021, mm -hmm. and we're in 2023. Um, but it's been an amazing journey. Um, I love the detail and the thought that they put into it. I'm an executive producer of the movie. So that was a blessing for me because I want, that's what I wanted to do with my writing career. I wanted to become an executive producer. I wanted to become a director, a showrunner, right? And, but when I started Girls Who Brunch, it was taking me away from my writing career. So my manager left, my manager was like, bruh, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you're doing this for some kids. You're not making any money. You're using your money, you know? Right. And nobody really understood my why in regards to this. And so um, fast forward, when I um, got the, the opportunity to have to become an executive producer, I felt like that was God or uh, ordaining my steps on what I was supposed to do. And right. it's just an amazing experience. The, um, the, the production team, awesome. Everybody cried with me, man, woman, child, black, white, whatever had came to me at some point was like, dang, you are so cool. You are really this person. I don't right. know what it affected me when I came, like, oh my right. God, you know, I'm very down to earth. I went to every extra that was sent by themselves and introduced myself to them, um, you know, and just talked right. to them. 
So it, it was a great experience. I'm excited. Um, Black Girls Rock has always been a dream of mine just to attend. So to say that I'm going to be on a panel and my movie about my life is going to be showcasing there, like that is amazing. Right. And it's humbling. Um, I'm nervous. I speak about my life all the time, but see, let everybody see it. Girls Who Brunch is a safe space for me when I say this. Right. So, so everybody's seeing my story. It's a nervous, humbling type thing, but I'm here for it. If it's going to help some more quadruple my numbers of women and girls that I've been helping then I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice my um, personal boundaries for that. Absolutely. And, you know, like just being in the same realm of Black Girls Rock and I've been uh, participating in their summer conferences for the past two years. I aged out of it now, sadly, because it's such a beautiful experience. But like, again, like you're fulfilling your dream from something that came from a spark just from Girls Who Brunch Tour and all, all of a sudden now there's a movie coming out about you and you're getting that executive producer title that you've always always wanted, you know, exploring your writing career a little bit more and just seeing the plans that you wanted to start with come into fruition a few, just a few years later. And you know, that's the crazy thing about the way God works. And it's just like, I have this plan for you and you want to do this, but I'm going to hold it off until this one moment. And it always works out in perfect timing. That's why I see this. This is why the name always works perfect timing podcast because like everything is in God's perfect timing. And mm. it's like, you, just seeing this come out for you and just watching you gleam and just shine under the lights of your life in the way it's being portrayed. And I really think that your story is important. And, you know, again, the more people it reaches, the more people are going to feel safe in a way that it's like, oh, I'm not the only one, especially for women. And I'm so glad that this is kicking off Women's National History Month. And hello. <laughs> so again, it's just like another reason to celebrate your story and everything and everyone a part of Girls Who Brunch Tour. So I want to know, uh, I actually got to be kind of sort of with Tatiana Ali when I was with um black girls lead over the summer she would help co-host it every now and then and so i already know she's such a stunning and beautiful young young woman and just like her being able to play you i'm sure feels just incredible so what was that like of you trying to have her understand your story and portray it in the way that you wanted to so i didn't when they told me tatiana ali was going to be playing me i I felt like, okay, I didn't think we had a lot in common, right? But we're the same age, we're, our birthdays are legit, like a couple days apart. Oh, we're wow. both Caribbean. Uh, we both look alike. Like one day we were on Zoom, we had, we would do Zoom meetings and my hair was down, her hair was down. I was like, dang, we look alike. Okay, okay, I have to say it, right? <laughs> right. Then, um, her mannerism is like mine. Her, um, energy is like mine and she really took the time to study me and she made me comfortable because I wasn't there for every day of filming because I had to speak in Atlanta at a, 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 a conference for the seniors class of Fulton County and so um I had to come back but she had she made me so comfortable um I didn't know that I spoke so slow and so softly um <laughs> The, uh, you know you're watching it so she's I'm like what do I sound like I'm crying when I'm talking to these girls they're like yeah you're you're so sweet they my friend my best friend my name is mother girls who brunch right and so cool. doctor she's like dr mother hey dr mother and I'm 
Like, I don't sound like that, but I guess I do. I turn on when the right. girl, right? And she moves like me. She speaks with her hands like me. She, bl- I didn't realize I blink so slow. I'm like, well, like, what, am I? Do I? Blame, is she exaggerating? <laughs> she really sat and watched interview after interview after interview after conversation with me, and I was just like crazy. So, um, and then when I left, like, she even called me on the phone, like, "Hey, I don't like the way this is right. This was worded, and it doesn't sound like you." Mm-hmm. So, what would you say to this? Right. So, for her to even take that initiative, I haven't seen the final. I've, I, I, I had the final script, but I haven't seen the final whatever, but I, I'm confident that um, she uh, is, she played me and I'm going to be a proud version of she played me. Absolutely. And it, it's just like, you know, I'm glad that you did, were able, you were able to have that bond with her and just like realize like the care and the intention that she put in into telling your story because it's your life. And so there's, if you're not playing yourself, there's obviously a way for someone to have to portray you in the best way. And, you know, like I've seen like these Marilyn Monroe biopics, like they study them. She studied you. And it's just like the intention in it makes you feel like your story is even more important. And it's like the more that it grows into something bigger than you and the more that you realize people are supporting you in your story, it's Mm -hmm. just it's an eye awakening a moment. I'm literally like living vicariously through you right now. <laughs> um, but it's, it's like, you know, watching this happen. And it's just like, I'm just so, I, I couldn't be more happy for you, honestly. And, you know, I'm kind of the opposite. Um, if I'm excited about something, if I'm hosting a show or, or even I, I slowed it down a little bit when I was at the, um, girls who rule the world retreat because I knew that they were going to yell at me about that but like if I'm presenting something I talk fast (laughs) I talk fast I was um watching this segment of the news I was on a few days ago and I was like how could anyone ever understand what I'm saying because I'm just yapping (laughs) but it's like it's what makes me me it makes me you know the Mm -hmm. bubble excited person that I am it's what sets me apart from other podcasters or you know people that I talk to and you know just sometimes just going throughout my day and It'd be so funny. It'd be on. It would be on the worst days where someone would come up to me and be like, "Sydney, I love how bubbly you are. Like, I love how excited you are." And I'm like, "I'm having the worst day ever, but thank you." <laughs> you know, and it's like they they realize, you know, who I am, and you know, like the impact that I have on other people. And um, one of my best friends, his name is Alex. He was like, "Sydney, people realize when something is wrong with you because I have a certain attitude and I have a certain vibe. And mm-hmm. if I'm upset." everyone knows it I'm not like over here like blabbing like oh my god my life like no like you can everyone can just kind of tell and it's like the spirit that I carry with me and so I wonder if that ever happens to you you know like when yeah yeah, so if you do have any experiences like that please do share all the time because I'm a very happy person I crack jokes I'm always like so when I become serious sometimes people think um there's something wrong sometimes I'm just thinking um, I suffer from seasonal depression sometimes. When? Uh, all the time, shoot. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just when I'm super overwhelmed because I ha- I wear a lot of hats, mm-hmm. you know, my professional side, I, um, I'm a publisher. So I publish books for different people. 
Then, and I, and then I have Nicola, the brand, I, I have speaking engagements, I have interviews, I'm a brand ambassador for different companies. And then on the Girls Who Brunched Her side, I'm the executive director and founder. So there's a lot of hats that I wear. So some days that is very overwhelming. Like even when the, they dropped the, the thing on to the world that the movie was coming out, my grandmother just died. So I just did the funeral. Then I flew from the funeral and I went to Philly, did that event. I, I mean, I landed at eight o'clock in the morning and the event started at 1130. Wow. Then I flew home and then they announced it the next day. So I was like, mm. and so everybody's like, are you, how are you feeling? I don't know. And, but what I've learned in this process is being okay with the, I don't knows and right. expressing it because before I would just hold it in. Right. Not tell anybody. And my energy would be different. And then it, that would make it last way longer. But if I told you, Sydney, I'm just, I just don't feel good today. And then we start talking about it. It usually goes away. Right. And another rule that I give myself, I give myself three days. So when you have a job, you get you you have bereavement, right? And they give you three days to bere- to grieve the funeral, right? right? So I give myself three days to grieve whatever my issue is. Right. So I may in my grieving process, I may still be working because I never get a chance to just be off. But it may be my three days of being quiet, mm-hmm. processing it. Right. I give myself those three days. Yeah. So that's what I do when my energy is off. But for the most part, I'm like super happy. I'm super playful. And even when I'm feeling my lowest, I know how to turn on. So that's, that's a a blessing and a curse because sometimes you can turn on and people don't even realize there's something wrong with you. I'm like, Hey girl, how you doing? You know, then go back in my corner. Right. It's so, I swear we're so alike (laughs) because like, it's the same way for me. I, I'm probably, I'm still one of the most like emotional people ever. And so if something happens, like I will sit and I will process and I'll be like, I can cry. Like if I'm like having like a mental breakdown, I'm going to cry for three hours, but I'm going to get whatever I had to do done. I'm telling you, I'll, I'll cry it out, but it'll get done. And it's, you know, I guess it's that it's like a part of my resilience and stuff like that. But I try to, you know, balance it every now and then. And it's like, sometimes it comes and goes. And as I hear about, and I learn more about what a healing process is like, what a growing process is like, it's not linear, linear. It's not going up all the time. You're not always getting better, better, better every day. Like, you know, sometimes today I'm crying about something that happened two years ago. And it's like, it's okay to cry about things. It's okay to think about those things because you're moving on. At least for me, that's how I feel. I, I reestablish it in my mind. And I'm like, this is how I think about this situation now. I don't like, you know, I don't create any delusion of like, that's not what happened, but it's just kind of like being honest with myself and being like, okay, this is the space that I need to be in. This is the time that I have to take. And you know, I'm kind of the same way I can turn it on. There was a moment where I couldn't turn it on anymore because I was just so drained and, you know, burnt out. And, Mm -hmm. um, my friend, I just mentioned Alex, his little sister, her name is Genevieve. I love Genevieve. Um, and I call her my sunflower. And there was this one day I was at school. This was like a month ago, I think. And, um, she, I think she had come up to me and, um, this is like one of my off days. I'm going through something. I don't even know what I was upset about to this day, but 
Uh, she was like, hey, Cindy. I was like, hey, girl. And she was like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm fine. And she's like, you're usually like, hey, Sunflower. Like, what's going on? I'm like, and I tried, to, I tried it again. I was like, hey, Sunflower. And she was like, no, there's something yeah. wrong. And I'm like, it's okay. And like the next day she checked up on me and she was like, is everything around? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Um, but again, it's just like people realize these things and it's like, I'm kind of glad that I have that now because I could go throughout my day and no one would bat an eye. And it's not that they wouldn't care. It was just kind of like, you know, what's wrong with her, you know? But now it's just kind of like the more I realize and I grow into this is how I process my feelings and this is how I process my emotions and I have people in my corner that are ready to help me, then mm-hmm. I can go from that. But yeah. And you got to also think to give yourself a little praise and credit because sometimes when you're always in the public eye, heavy as the head that wears the crown. So people automatically think that you're good all the time. Yeah, all the time. And it's okay to say I'm not. But the, the beauty of life is just getting back up, you know, right. just it. But, you know, you, you already got it. Yeah. Of course. And, you know, I, I was uh, going to connect to this too, of just like wearing so many hats and, you mm-hmm. know, and just looking back on all the things that I've done for some, and I, you know, just suffering with uh, imposter syndrome. I, there was just like this one day, like back in January, where I just burst in tears. Cause like, I just felt like I was letting so many people down and you can sit there and be like, you've done all this stuff though. But it's just like, yes, but there's still so much more that I have to do and stuff that I said that I would do and haven't done yet. And mm. it's like, and I just have this insane amount of guilt. And, you know, sometimes it's stuff that I can control. Sometimes it's stuff that I can't, and then I have to live with that. And, you know, but again, with doing all the things that I do, there's a responsibility over me. Cause like I'm the student council president at my school. So I have a very hard, high standard of me from that. I get straight A's. I have a high standard of that. And it's just like, if something drops just a little bit, it bothers me. And, you know, mm. as a senior now, um, I've, cr- I've learned not to care because <laughs> just senioritis and stuff like that. Obviously I don't let anything get too low, but it's like growing through that and just learning, like, I'm going to be out of here soon. I'm not gonna let myself fail, but I'm going to take a step back and be like, I've been pushing myself since middle school. So it's time, it's time to let the load off run these last couple months of school before I graduate, but it's like, you know, learning to balance the hats on my head. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I want to be Sydney. Sometimes I want to be president of student council. Sometimes I don't want to do anything at all. And it's like, like you said, it's okay to realize those things. Um, but I want to get into my favorite subject, my favorite topic of the podcast, my rapid fire question segment. Are you ready? Uh, all right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Your favorite ice cream flavor? Vanilla. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm allergic to chocolate. Fair. Fair. I'll leave it there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if, you had, if you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be? To teleport. Okay. That's a popular one in the show. It really is. I like to fly. But, you know, I think teleporting could be pretty cool, too. But I think it's more about the journey, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, let's see what's next. Um, What is something that you cannot live without? Books. Okay. Miss Ryder, yes. <laughs> um, okay. Well, 
this might answer my own question, but do you prefer the book or the movie? I prefer both. Okay. I like to watch it. I like to see it played out, but I like the book because you get more detail in the book. See, I say the same thing. That's why like there's a book first and then the movie people get let down by the movie because it's like, it's missing so many details. Mm-hmm. But the book, you can kind of create your own story with it, you know? Mm-hmm. There, but you know, you got the visual, but yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do one more. If there was one person that you could sit and have dinner with, who would it be? One person that I could sit and have dinner with, Nelson Mandela. Ooh, that's new. Care to share why? I know this is rapid fire, but I'm actually kind of curious. Just because his intellect and mm-hmm. his patience, mm-hmm. you know, that like his intellect is what drives his patience. Right. So I would love, would have loved to have had an opportunity to sit with him so I can see how to use my patience and my, you know, and my intellect for good. Cause that's all he did. Right. Absolutely. I always say Michael Jackson, I don't know how or why, but Michael Jackson, like he built me like, I don't know, like it, like his spirit, his music, the way he moved, like I'm a dancer 50% because of him. And it's like, I don't know. He was such a beautiful person, you know, like being able to grow. And, you know, if I could go back, actually, I was like four, I think I was four years old when he ended up passing away, but it was like one of those things where I wish I could go back if I, if I had a time machine, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> this was so much fun just talking about your story. Um, but before I let you go, um, how can my listeners be a part of Girls Who Brunch Tour? If you go to www.girlswhobrunchtour.com, you search for contact. There's a place that you could sign up to be a speaker, sign up to be an ambassador, or sign up to be a volunteer. Um, you can find out more. Follow us on all social media outlets on, at Girls to Brunch Tour. And, you know, we just have a good time. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. And again, if you all are interested and you live in the DMV area and you would like to see uh, Miss Nicola's biopic coming out in April, uh, the premiere is March 12th, this coming Sunday by the time this episode is released. So stop by the Kennedy Center, come to the nice and fun Black Girls Rock event. And we would love to have you and just c- celebrate uh, Miss Nicola's story with everyone all together. So again, thank you so much, Miss Nicola, and thank you to my listeners for listening. And this is Perfect Timing. <laughs>